Good morning, folks. This is a story that doesn't bring me much joy to bring to you. Um, I'm not going to be, you know, dragging Mr. Voris through the mud over the things that's happened to him already. I am going to begin this, though, by um, carefully telling you that if you believe the story involving uh, Michael Voris and Church Militant is over, you should brace yourself because I am hearing from sources very, very well connected to the organization that what we've heard so far is just the beginning. And I will not give you details about what I've heard, but rather you should just be ready because those are going to hit the news in the coming days, coming weeks, maybe coming months. And at first glance, this whole story seems odd because it's understandable that podcasters and people on social media would talk about church militant that in the English speaking world, and especially in the United States, they had a gigantic footprint. They were doing online YouTube, especially, and their own website reporting in the very early days of this sort of field of commentary, right? You know, there, it was for a long time, it was just the remnant and church militant. Plus, maybe, you know, you had Catholic Family News on the print side, mostly. There's a lot of Catholic podcasters who will tell you that long before they even started doing this kind of stuff, they would watch the Vortex or other things. I'm one of them. I And while my I personally stopped watching Church Militant a long time ago for a variety of reasons, being upfront about it, I'm very, always have been very pro-SSPX, and I heard very different things about the mess involving the sspx in kansas and what they were reporting but they had a they left a giant mark and so it's understandable that people on social media would talk about them would you know there's a lot of catholic channels that were talking about what happened and i barely touched the story i wanted to see what would happen with the story and unfortunately my quiet prediction to myself was right that for whatever reason the secular world would actually start chiming in on this. How many people do you think who aren't Catholic even knew who Church Militant was, other than certain we'll call them secular groups who like to keep tabs on what Christians who actually have the, the faith might actually be saying? Those kind of groups you might be aware. By the way, let me know in the chat if my voice sounds weird. The um, <laughs> I had been recovering from a cold going into Thanksgiving, and then for whatever reason... Both myself and my wife, our colds came back with a vengeance. So in my head, my voice sounds weird, but let me know if it sounds weird to you. But, and I have no personal animosity really towards anybody at Church Militant. But that having been said, it the people need to be aware that there's going to be more coming. And that's important because we're going to show, I'm going to show you here just a few examples of what the uh what they're talking about here but i want to talk you're going to see we're going to go over something very important first and that is what a morality clause is i haven't actually seen anybody talk about this so from this is just from a generic law website right where they talk about what moral causes are clauses are in a contract and this is all expressed in very normal language probably so that if you were going to take a job with and you had no real legal background but you saw this in your contract, you needed to know what it is. So this is relevant to what we're talking about here. So a morals clause generally grants employers the exclusive right to end a contract 
in the event an employee engages in behavior that might be harmful to the employer's image. A lot of people think that a, a morals clause means that you're, you know, especially in the context of a Catholic organization, that you're engaging in, like in a Catholic organization, we would immediately assume that a morals clause means you were engaging in activities contrary to the morality of the faith, right? Uh, and unfortunately, with Mr. Voris in his background, he has fully admitted to having things in his background that immediately came to mind. And then in his own statement afterwards, it made it sound like that was the case. One reason I'm bringing this up is because things that are going to that are likely to hit the news in the coming weeks are going to show this is probably more complicated than that. Morals clauses are commonly found in employment agreements between companies and high-level executives or throughout the entertainment industry in many different contexts. For example, contracts between advertisers, television networks, motion picture studios, or endorsees and talent. You'll hear about this sometimes with celebrities, right? They will run afoul of a morals clause, which is always weird when talking about Hollywood because morals clauses in Hollywood sounds like an odd combination. A morals clause serves to protect a company's investment by one, deterring talent from engaging in bad behavior, and two, allowing companies to separate themselves from talent engaged in bad behavior as quickly as possible, and sometimes allowing for return of their investment. Additionally, morals clauses have been used or have become a common provision in publishing contracts for authors and illustrators. Now, I tell you all this because morals clauses are vague. They're purposely vague. You go back to that original statement from St. Michael's Media, and all it said was violation of, the, of their morality clause. And so nobody knows really what it was, except we've gotten some hints about what was going on. But there's more coming. And the reason I bring that up for you is because you've got these kinds of stories now. So Yahoo News with <sighs> Yahoo News using the AP, the Associated Press, there used to be several of these independent media or independent news outlets that would be sort of feeders into, you know, the New York Times and other places. One of them was is the AP. Reuters is the other one. There used to be one called Knight Ritter. I don't know if they're still around anymore. And there's a couple others out there, smaller ones. I'm not going to read this headline. Just note the headline, right? Note the language they're using. And so we go down the... You know, then they give you scary names from the the, the media the, or for media reporting from years past. My computer's lagging a little bit, so unfortunately I can't highlight it. But you see certain ones of the names, you know, Church Militant is often critical of Francis and his elevated bad voices like those of this guy. And echoed popular refrains from mainstream conservatives as if that's somehow a problem. Current articles on the site feature, you know, the thermometer problem being critical of it, criticize efforts at the uh, at James Martin's mission and platform, evilly, they platform Bishop Joseph Strickland, recently ousted from his Texas diocese by Pope Francis after his increasingly severe criticisms of the pontiff. And then they go into his personal sins that should have always remained private, but unfortunately didn't. But here at the very end is really reveals what's going on. In 2017, a confidant of Pope Francis singled out church militant for criticism. That happened. The Reverend Antonio Spadaro, a name who just keeps popping up like a bad penny, said the site framed the 2016 contest as a spiritual battle and the and number 45's ascent to the office as a divine election. And then, of course, Mr. Boris was shocked that uh, Francis would take the time to respond to that stuff. 
this isn't the only web article like this that I've seen. I've seen lots of them. This is all being framed in the secular narrative. And I can't help but go back to other stories involving secular authorities and secular media that have touched on things going on in the church. I think there's a direct connection to Bishop Strickland and not just by name and him being hosted on their website. But you remember when in the summer, when Bishop Strickland went to that baseball game with the faithful and made the presence of the faithful known. I think that's a lot to do with this too. And I think you have more, you're going to see a lot more of this as this goes, especially as this story develops because it's not over yet. Uh, seven string run and Rachel Zegler has not been removed from Snow White. I don't know why people keep reporting that. She's still there, unfortunately. <laughs> not the subject of today's live stream, but that's just not what's happening. Um, but yes, this is... Uh, yes, traditionalist Catholic. You have to be careful how you talk about that stuff right now on YouTube. Yeah, Raven Ray says he's seen that label a lot on stories about this. And it's true. This is not the only one. I'll show you some others. Um, let's see. I have to go over here. I've you have I have so many I have so many tabs open right now. It is almost funny how many tabs I have open. But we have here another one here. Watch. That one is, this is, a, I'm using, a, the reason the website looks like this is I'm using Archive because it's a paywall thing. So I'm not going to read it to you to respect their paywall, but well, the Washington Post, which a lot of people tend to think, well, this is another, this is the, the news website owned by Jeff Bezos, right? Well, a more restrained headline there, just saying how he resigned. But when you start looking through here, because you start getting in the article, you know, departure of its founders is a major change for the outlet, which has developed a reputation for controversy, destroyedly right-wing Catholic rhetoric. You start seeing that kind of language here. Again, this is internal church business, and I would rather that this stuff had never been uh, made all that public. But unfortunately, we live in a social media age where the personal failings of people are going to be on full display. And if you are not part, if you're not in complete lockstep with Francis, these secular authorities have taken to making sure that to protecting Francis and anybody who is even at it, hinting at not being on the side of him on certain ones of these things. Like, you know, some people recently pushed back when I spoke about the, you know, what uh, Pope Benedict referred to as the media council, Vatican II, because the, I can show you New York times articles from the 1960s where they're talking about like breathlessly reporting on the council and, pushing it in the direction of what well, we'll now just call the Bergolians now. And that is happening. That was happening with the Synod on Synodality. And that was happening in general now with everything going on with Francis. The secular authorities love him. And so anybody who's not in lockstep, even with the, the image of the reforms that they're promoting is suspect. And so the, this drama you're seeing, and I hate to call it drama, because there was a lot, and this involves a lot of people, people that the organization has tussled with in the past, including some of them involving, and you know, going, you know, having to go into the courts and things. I mean, all of that's going to get brought back into the media. It just is. Um, yeah, that, that's the other problem. The media is pretty illiterate when it comes to anything pertaining to the church. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely true. Unless they have some dedicated 
writers, so like, you know, that the Federalist, a few others have clearly some dedicated staff to covering the Catholic Church, but that's not most of them. Most of them just have people who are on like the religious beat, which is weird. You are correct, a traditionalist Catholic, they call anyone faithful. They give that label to anybody who is just trying to live the faith. Um, but I mean, these are not the only stories. So let's go over to, again, my computer's lagging a little bit. See, I'm dropping my, my I just saw myself drop off my own live stream briefly, but, um, we're going to go here to the daily beast to give you an, another idea. This is story is going everywhere. And it's not just a function of the associated press being, you know, a feeder outlet for a lot of these places, because even if they are, you know, they get the way it works is they'll present a pre-written article. And sometimes they'll just publish it directly. Like you saw with Yahoo. I'm not really sure why everything is lagging so badly this morning, other than that there's a uh, snow, there's a big snow event happening in my town, in my area that may keep us from being able to drive anywhere today, which would be unfortunate. But um, again, we'll bring this article up as soon as the uh, internet powers that be will let me, but the daily beast is another like this is they are more like honest organization than i say honest because they're more upfront with their bias i have more respect for the media outlets that are that just tell you what their bias is even if i disagree with 100 percent of everything they report on but i still at least respect them for their for their transparency on that but uh the, the daily beast is pub uh, publishing this and those the, it's just the tip of the iceberg the it's the adversaries of the church smells or, you know, are like, in this case, sharks in the water. They, you know, they, they sense the presence of the blood and they go, okay. And they start diving in and you're going to see more and more of this. I can't bring the daily beast article up because of how badly I'm lagging this morning, but it's, um, it's predictable. Katie says in the chat, she believes Michael Vorce will be back. He'll come back to the light and love of Jesus and his commandments. And many are praying for him. Humans fall. We'll see. We'll see. Because, um, again, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, for those joining late, I am hearing from very well-connected sources to that organization that everything we've heard about has just been the tip of the iceberg. And I started by going over morality clauses in contracts, what they actually mean. And they are in a catch-all umbrella. They're an escape hatch for an organization to remove people who they don't believe are, are good for the organization anymore. And the what I'm hearing from people very well connected to the organization, people who would know that they're, that what we've heard is just the tip of the iceberg, that there's going to be more coming soon. But yes, I am so wildly lagged out here. I would be shocked if I was still streaming at this point. <laughs> so if you're still watching this, if you can still see me, I'm going to have to probably figure out how to close this live stream out with my computer frozen like this. But I will tell you that they are using this to get at those who are resisting Francis, whether you're resisting him on everything or it's just a few doctrinal issues and his flirtations, if not embrace of heresy, you that this is being used as a wedge to further try to drive between faithful Catholics and pretty much everybody else in the world.
and somehow I found myself full screen. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. I'm here still. Very good. Whereas we're going to, it seems that the, uh, that this lagging issue I had. So if you're still with us, thank you for, for continuing to be with us. So let's try to bring this daily beast article up again. So here we are with the daily beast and I'll pop up ad. But notice, if you can see past the pop-up ad that I'm having a hard time getting rid of, they're using that same language again to just dismiss and undermine everything in the church. And I don't understand. I mean, I understand. These are we're, we're, we're not you know they're we're not dealing with the with with honest brokers here. The secular world should have zero interest in what's going on here if they don't share a faith they should have zero interest with what's going on in the church um i will tell you that uh for those who might be noticing that i'm having a lot of trouble here this is what like live streaming was like every single day uh, before about two years ago when i was trying to live stream it's why i stopped doing it but yeah so this is what but that's what they're using this for they're trying to, they're using this to essentially use Mr. Vorce as a scapegoat to take him and have him be like, I actually saw a media article that claimed that he was like the, the American face of the traditional movement, which no, he's not. He was not a traditional Catholic, not a traditionalist. He was the sort of the, on the conservative wing of the like mainstream church. That was always where he was. And I'm not saying that to denigrate what he does or his work or anything. But to say that he was the American face of the traditional movement is weird when there are uh, there are much better candidates for that. Frozen caught up like Max had. Yeah, yeah. The audio was working apparently, which is good. So, um, yeah, no, now I'm getting the Google Chrome unhappy face for the tab on um, the Daily Beast. So it won't work there. But I think you get my point. That, and I saw a lot of news stories like this. I just chose some of the most weird ones. But we also have, you know, it's not just secular media either. We also have, we'll see if this works. Yeah, okay. You know, Catholic News Agency. Again, this is a weird one. I'm, as somebody who does this kind of work on YouTube, the there are a number of people who will just say, well, you're just a YouTuber. Why should we take you seriously? When the main difference is, you know, there's an organization, there was an organization that Michael Voris founded that backed him. And that, I guess, gave some credibility. And of course, his activity out there, cameras and faces doing an original reporting. But at the end of the day, you still saw people not taking them that seriously because of, you know, being on YouTube. But now you have the Catholic News Agency, where this is the one of the premier English language, just just the facts kind of news organization. And when you scroll through here, there is, you know, it, it, a lot of loaded language. You know, they allege that Francis's remarks on James Martin's stuff were in stark and unprecedented defiance of Catholic teaching. Well, it was. And it's not quite as loaded of language as you would see from the secular media, but it's there too. And this is why I'm cautioning people to really be ready for when this stuff goes down. Because as I've said, I've said twice now, all indications are we're going to hear more coming from the organization and none of it good. And it's going to be for those of you who are like have a deep attachment to that organization, to church militant, you're going to see more problems coming out in the news. 
Has the modernist press reacted to this yet? I did not actually see a National Catholic Reporter article, which was weird. I didn't really see an America Magazine one yet either. There are other outlets, but they're like the main ones. And I didn't see anything from them. That's odd. I would have thought them to be taking doing a victory lap over all this, especially the number of times that Church Milton has rightly called out the National Catholic Reporter. Um, I'll give you an idea. There are a lot of people who don't like them and think they're the same, two coins of the two, two sides of the same coin, basically. I will push back on that a little bit as someone personally who didn't really care for much for Church Militant. But and I'll push back because when St. Michael's Media first started, when Church Militant first started, it was called Real Catholic TV. And the organization received like a notification from the bishops to telling them that they can't call themselves a Catholic organization, that they don't have the permission of the bishops to do that. And to call what you do a Catholic apostolate officially, you need to have the permission of the ordinary. And they said, and Church Militant submitted to it. That's why it's not called Real Catholic TV anymore. And there's more complicated to it than that. That's just, but that's the surface view. The National Catholic Reporter was told the same thing by their, whoever, whatever diocese they're located in, their bishops told them to stop and they thumbed their nose at the authority of the bishops. How do I get the name highlighted when responding? I just click on it in the, in the, in my uh, streaming window here and it brings it up. Yeah, well, I don't, you know, it doesn't bring me any pleasure talking about like what really should just be just something that people talk about maybe among themselves with charity on social media as much as possible. I understand the people who had, who, who, who got into tussles with church militant and who felt, you know, some joy at this. Many of them said that they prayed for their, you know, for justice, for the things that they believe in that, that they say sincerely happened to them at the hands of Michael Voris and others. I understand them being happy. I, but I'm not going to, you know, to pile on to this either because things are so much so complicated. They're so complicated. Yeah. Well, I mean, compared light, they, I will tell you this from their perspective, they church military was from their perspective, but remember we're talking about people who, who view um, legitimate moderate people as being like on the fringes too. Speaking of charity on social media, I know I may as well be asking for, you know, pigs to fly or something. Tried cat traditionalist Catholic says he doesn't go into the details of morality scandals. Dirt isn't a good thing to dwell on. Right. This is why you ever notice in my reporting, it's usually, you know, highly public uh, bishops and priests that I usually am going after. And if I ever, ever go after laymen, they're always people in like working for the hierarchy. These are people who have taken a public position with the church i go i talk about them because they've, they've become fair game but i don't I, I really don't like talking about other catholic media organizations as a general rule especially ones who are you know so that we're all supposed to be on the same side of i don't like doing it even when i have disagreements with them but that's the story of our day folks so um i'm curious if you know i would suggest you keep everybody involved in your prayers and pray for the truth to emerge because if, because if the things that I expect to come out are true, we then it probably would be good to know, even if it's it brings us sorrow. But also for the remember, souls are on the line here. We're talking about the salvation of souls, souls of the people whose names you know, the people many of you used to watch, all of that. There's there are and as well as the souls of people who might be maybe are taking uh, a too much joy or too much anger in what happened. This is not the kind of thing to lose your soul over. And also, 
the, with the role of the secular authorities in this. This is not something we should be dismissive, dismissing of. Thanks, Dean. I do appreciate it. Just, I do appreciate the kind words, Dean. It is appreciated. Um, Roseanne says that Church Milton was targeted for exposing the rot. The evildoers are related with this. And I think that might be part of it. I mean, remember, a lot of what we call like the rot in the church is stuff that our secular adversaries absolutely approve of. They do. This is stuff that they want. And Church Militant, for everything else, was very good at talking about those problems. All right, folks, if you have any further questions, this is time to get them in. Otherwise, I'm going to give my voice a rest because, again, I don't know if my voice sounds normal to you or not, but my my wife and I had our cold come back with a vengeance over Thanksgiving. So, um, all right, folks, we're going to call it here. Thanks for tuning in today, folks, and as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria. Ah. Wagging again. <laughs>